Life Radio. Stories at the intersection of music and life. Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com and features interviews and stories about and related to music. Today on the program, we feature Alexandra Starlight. She began her musical career in the punk rock band The Daggers and later moved to The Holograms in 2004. She then formed the Hollywood Harlots, which Sugar Buzz magazine described as the gritty spawn of the New York Dolls, blended with the dirty girl appeal of the Runaways, where she quickly earned the reputation as the female Iggy Pop for her stage antics. Her new project returns her to the music she loved while growing up, sultry, rhythm and blues, and good old rock and roll. Her five-song EP presents a fresh spin on classic American music from the 1970s. Alexandra Starlight on vocals and Zachary James, guitar of the Alexandra and the Starlight Band, talk to Music Live Radio today and play a couple of acoustic numbers in the studio. Sit back and enjoy another episode of Music Live Radio, this one simply entitled Alexandra and the Starlight Band. Welcome to Music Life Radio. We have Alexandra and the Starlight Band. Hey! In <laughs> Music Life Radio studios today with us. Uh, actually, we have Alexandra and we have uh, Zach James, the yes, lead guitar sir. player. That's right. Yeah. Yes, how are you guys doing today? Good, how are you? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. You know, we're not dressed up. Um, well, we we're are, just, we're just in, the in the, our own characters. You're wearing your... We're business clothes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're in our business. Suits. We've been walking around in our normal clothes this week, and everyone goes, Oh, I love your costume. We're like, well, yeah, this isn't a costume, but thank you. <laughs> so, well, let's get right into it. On the show, we try to capture stories about people's relationship with music. Yes. You are obviously musicians, and you're probably have lots of stories related to music but we like we like to get right into your background like we i want to know where you came from what inspired you what kind of music were you listening to when you were growing up yeah um well honestly it was like my parents record collection that inspired me um my dad was this massive david bowie fan um so massive that actually when my mom was pregnant with me he had like the bowie like gross like mullet that was like hennaed and kind of red and like you know um he bleached a chunk of it and was like well if it's a boy i'll dye it blue and if it's a girl um you know i'll dye it pink (laughs) so when i was born (laughs) i was born unto my father with a david bowie mullet and a pink streak down the side and um (laughs) david bowie was like a huge part of his record collection like i have really vivid distinct memories of sitting there like five years old on my dad's lap and he's like playing space oddity and i'm just like what is this song about what is like aliens and space travel and like (laughs) what is this dad and him just like playing all these classic like rock and roll albums like we listened to a lot of bowie um 
a lot of Queen. I had a Queen tape on my my first Walkman that had like Bohemian Rhapsody, and my parents would throw these parties, and I would be swiveling around in the swivelly chair singing Bohemian Rhapsody like at the top of my lungs and like <laughs> my parents friends would walk in and laugh at me and like think it was hilarious that the six-year-old knew all of the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody and was like belting it out at the top of her lungs so I kind of grew up with all of this like glam rock and rock and roll um I also listened to a lot of uh Al Green and Otis Redding and like Motown um, I think my seventh birthday party, I had a Motown themed birthday party where everyone had to get really dressed up and dance around our living room to like Smokey Robinson. So <laughs> I was just telling Zachary that the other day. Um, but yeah, like my parents uh, gave me a lot of really, really great music growing up. So um, their, their record collection was kind of the basis of my record collection. So, you know, and I've expanded from there, but... Uh, so this is very interesting. A lot of people rebel from their parents' music. You are actually embracing it. Totally. I mean, I think, you know, their music formed kind of the soundtrack of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And now when I listen to that music, it's not only just great music, but it's music that I remember being six and like laying drawing spaceships and listening to David <laughs> Bowie and like really connecting with that on the most rudimentary, you know, level. Like I wasn't listening to like, Oh, what chord changes is he doing? Or, you know, what is he doing lyrically or, or anything? It was just like, I love this. Like I'm going to sit here and like paint my face and draw a spaceship. Like I don't care. It was just mm -hmm. like this really like intimate relationship with all these, you know, songs and artists. So. I thank them for giving that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just mentioned you started singing at an early age. Just, you just picked it up. and Oh, did, God, yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> was that your earliest memory, singing to the Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody? Or? <laughs> that actually probably was my earliest memory. Uh -huh. It was my, my first Sony. I only had a few <laughs> tapes. I, I think I bought, it was like Queen 1 and 2, which was like a compilation you know, tape of Queen, and I had, um, you know, I listened to my dad's Bowie records, and then I had, like, an Elvis tape, and I was a really big kind of, like, ham in certain ways. Like, mm -hmm. I'd just be, like, listening to my headphones, like, belting out these songs. <laughs> um, but my mom was actually a singer, and she sang in, like, her church choir, mm. and was always singing to me and always, like, encouraging me to sing um, I didn't actually start taking professional vocal lessons until about five years ago, but okay. I've always been like in the shower, like, you know, in the car, like singing and, you know, I started in like punk rock when I was a teenager. So just kind of, so what was, what was your first band? When did you actually, or, you know, when did you start getting serious and actually singing in an organized group of some kind? Yeah. Well, I mean, I started, um, when I was five I was classically trained on violin, uh, Suzuki method, went to a Japanese school and, um, you know, did my like dorky recitals and my fluffy pink like dress with like crimped hair and <laughs> like it started that way. I quit violin when I was like, I think 
right when I was getting to be a bratty, snotty teenager around 13 and I started learning like electric guitar, um, I heard the Ramones for the first time mm-hmm. <laughs> and was so inspired by them that they could create this like masterpiece with three chords. And like my roommate in college was like, well, you know, this is like a power chord, right? And it was just like two fingers. And it was like, oh my God, I can play every song like I love right now on this. So I kind of took that idea and ran with it. And, um, you know, like punk rock gave me the, the inspiration and the confidence to just go for it. You know, like even if you can only play a couple chords on your guitar, you can play a germ song. So I started, you know, writing and um, shifting away from classical music and getting involved in like the punk rock scene i moved to la when i was 17 and um my first band was called the daggers we had a a total dude dungeon practice space (laughs) down in uh south central it was like 20 leather studded uh mohawk dudes like jamming in a garage and like my first band was really born out of that so yeah punk rock was huge for me growing up i mean i i would say that that's kind of the music that inspired me to start writing music because it's not intimidating it's just like just go for it <laughs> now uh, can you describe the daggers what was the format of the oh band? god uh, was there a format i don't even know <laughs> it was um god it was mean it was three guys um and we basically, I wrote all of the songs on guitar, just like four chord punk rock mm-hmm. songs. And that was it. I have these like lost tapes somewhere with all of those songs, but I don't know where they are. Um, and we mostly played backyard shows. Um, all the little punk rockers and all the like, you know, bad parts of town like Compton and South Central and Inglewood and Southgate would have these like backyard underage ragers. And, um, you know, <laughs> you'd pick up 240s of Colt 45 yeah. and just play punk rock. So that's where I was like really gigging for like a few years. <laughs> Some of those house parties are the best times of my, you know, memories. Oh, God, I mean, they're yeah. so fun. <laughs> totally. It was so fun. It was yeah. really, really fun. Yeah. And I mean, I think some of my first like memories of being really stoked on performing um, in a band was like down in like Compton. I played this one show and I was wearing like a white denim jacket and it was like a concrete floor in someone's, you know, garage backyard. I was like going crazy and I was like playing my song and like all these kids were actually jumping up on the fence to like get (laughs) better views. Uh And I was like, cut um myself and it was bleeding like all through you know my white denim jacket and everyone's like oh my god this is amazing it's so punk rock (laughs) and they're like taking photos of it and i was just like this is cool Mm. like i i could do this (laughs) yeah so how long did the dagger stay together and then oh my gosh what did you move on to after that yeah well i was kind of doing the daggers and then i think when i was about um God, like 18 or 19, I met this chick at a bar. We were wasted and partying, and uh, we were both wearing, like, Runaways Mm t-shirts, and we were in the bathroom, and she was, like, all tatted up, and she was really cute, and she was just like, hey, like, do you play music? Like, (laughs) 
I was like, yeah, do you? She's like, yeah, I play guitar. I was like, cool. She's like, I have a band. Like, you got to, like, check it out. I was like, cool, whatever. And so we started kind of getting friendly. And I get a call, like, a week later. Kind of reminds me of the Runaways story. They're just like, well, we're going on work tour, and we're doing all this stuff, and we've got a, you know, single out that Lil Steven you know, is playing on his underground like garage radio oh, yeah. show and That's it's on great. the billboard charts. Um, are you a professional singer? Can you come and front this band? And I was like, um, <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm totally a professional singer. I've totally played lots of shows. <laughs> even though I hadn't. Yeah. And um, I auditioned for them and they got me in the band. And so I started playing with this like pop punk um, all-girl band called uh, The Holograms, which were on a uh, L.A. record label run by this guy, Jim Freak, who was like BFFs with Kim Fowley at the time called mm. uh, Tina Side Records. So <laughs> I played with them for a while, and um, it was actually really funny. <laughs> like, I think I was too wild for that group because they're like, okay, well, we've got a new member, so we've got to do this photo shoot and they're like oh it's gonna be really fun it's just girls hanging out in lingerie um listening to records and pigtails and so i showed up and i think i had like an iron cross necklace from like 1918 germany um like garter belts a fifth of jack daniels like my hair teased up to the ceiling and was just and like high heels like six inches tall and was like i'm ready for my photo shoot and they were like (laughs) so pissed off and then they're like all right we're gearing up for this big showcase at the avalon and i was like cool well we have to cover the song pirate love by johnny thunders because i won't like do the show unless we do this song and my guitar player agrees and they were just like no like (laughs) i don't know and i was just like all right, I'm out of this joint. <laughs> so I st- ended up starting my next band, which was the Hollywood Harlots with uh, the guitar player from the Holograms. And that was my brief, brief so stint So you stole with the them. guitar player and uh, moved on. I said, you're coming with me, Ben. Yeah. You got now, too many good tattoos. <laughs> we got to make some tunes together. Now you were described in your bio as the female Iggy Pop. <laughs> and, and is that, and I, that sounds like that's how you got that reputation? Yeah, you <laughs> know... Um, I will own that. Um, I was really crazy. I was a teenager. I would just get hammered before shows and um, get into some really crazy antics. Um, And it's funny because with the Hollywood Harlots, um, this producer named Jeff Saltzman, who did like the Killers, like Hot Fuss album and um, like the sounds. And he was like a crazy dude came to this little restaurant that we were playing one of our first shows at as the harlots. And um, it was actually hilarious because it was an acoustic night. (laughs) And it was like this really cute girl, girl, acoustic guitar couple. And it was, you know, candlelight and people were drinking red wine and eating steaks. And it was like this really mellow, you know, dinner vibe. And we set up. And we just start rocking. Like, I am drunk. We were really pumped because we got free drinks all night, which was like, this is the most we've ever gotten paid in our <laughs> lives. So we got like totally like drunk. And I was like, 
<laughs> I was like running across, was jumping onto people's tables because they were so not involved with what we were doing that I was like, oh, I'm going to make these people pay attention. So I was like <laughs> jumping on people's tables, like cutting pieces of their steaks off, like eating it, like wearing their clothes, finishing their bottles of wine, kicking stuff over. And it was like, of course, the club was just like, thank you for never coming back here ever again. Yeah. Um, but actually, Jeff Saltzman loved it. And yeah. he came up to us afterwards and was just like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You're like the female Iggy Pop. I want to record your guys' EP for you guys. Um, come to my studio. I'll do it all for free. I want to like work with you guys. <laughs> so well, so it ended up one. working out in my favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just not for that club. <laughs> not for that French restaurant, no. <laughs> I got a fever, fever, fever. that band and, and you did so did you go and record the EP then I did go and record that EP and because we were all crazy like teenagers it kind of imploded shortly after mm -hmm. so we never got to like officially release it or you know do anything of that nature um, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was good times like in the studio there was a lot of drama like my bass player was like slapping other people in the face with her base and there's just all this craziness <laughs> you know crazy teenage drunken mess going on so kind of fell apart 
But um, I uh, did another band with the same guitar player um, after that called Mountains of California and um, kind of had our shit together a little bit more and <laughs> like gigged out uh, as that and put out a couple EPs and, and whatnot. So <laughs> now was that a punk band too, or did you, it kind of morphed into like a heavy blues based rock and roll, like blue cheer, like, you know, almost verging on metal. Like we used to cover like pentagram and Oh really? Yeah. Oh, nice. It was like heavy, like blues. Cause I kind of like, you know, saying a lot of like blues stuff and coming from punk and then into mm -hmm. the blues and whatever it's sort of morphed into this aggressive like rock and roll kind of blues i think they described it as a uh, the spawn of the runaways and turbo negro wow very interesting <laughs> so so yeah denim or leather for both them, man. all both, the time yeah. <laughs> every day denim and leather <laughs> Yeah, pentagram was always kind of described in, in a couple of words as like the the working man's or the street savvy black Sabbath. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we used to cover Sabbath and stuff too. So uh, it was like, you know, just heavy rock. So that kind of started your ascent or descent. How are <laughs> you decided always to... Always descending. <laughs> back to your roots is really what I'm kind of getting at, right? So what was yeah. your next... When did you form the Alexandra band? Or were there more bands in between? Yeah, so that? after that, um, I actually went through a really horrible relationship mm -hmm. uh, with this guy who was terrible. And um, it was like a time period where it's like, all right, I think it's time to pull out Janice and Tina and Aretha and Etta <laughs> and Billy and, you know, all of these uh, really raw kind of emotional records. There was like a lot of Al Green and like Otis Redding and just soul music kind of, mm -hmm. you know, on my turntable. So um, I started writing all of these songs that had to do with that relationship that I was in and all of the music that I was listening to at the time just seeped into all of it. And I realized that, you know, I had this heavy, like, you know, band at the time. And I realized like, I think I need to do my own thing with these songs. I don't think this is heavy blues based Sabbath, you know, mm -hmm. pentagram stuff. I think this is something else. And it was just kind of the way it came out. I think because of what I was feeling and the lyrical content and like what I was listening to. So that's really how Alexander and the Starlight Band was kind of born was out of whiskey drinking and being heart sick and uh, <laughs> listening to, you know, the blues and stuff. So, so who did you steal from that band to into your new band or did you start all over again i actually didn't steal anyone <laughs> i kind of started over again because it was like a totally different sound although zachary was playing um second guitar in that last group and i okay. pulled him and we kind of went a different direction so but yeah, so you was, did steal him you did so steal I, I'm him. A, you know i just steal <laughs> oh, <like> guitar <laughs> players <laughs> i leave a band but i take the guitar player every time that's my track record, I so, guess. So, Zach, how did you come to know Alexandra then? Well, know or play together. No, we met about 10 years ago. Through mutual Through friends. Through the punk rock days, actually. Yeah, at a punk rock show in Ventura, actually. Oh, he okay. actually used to have this band that I was obsessed with. 
<laughs> called the Thunder Boys. <laughs> They're all like 15 years old in high school. Um, they got their name because chicks would follow them around Ventura going, there are those Johnny Thunders boys. <laughs> and so that's how they got their uh -huh. band name was the Thunder Boys. But they were like the real deal, just like <laughs> rock and roll, like old school. It was out of control. In your face, whatever. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I came to one of his shows when we were like 15. <laughs> Yeah, it was a long time ago. A really long time ago, and so, yeah. But that's how I met. Yeah, that's how we met, and then um, kind of kept in touch, and then, God, I don't know, four years ago or so, I saw her playing a show, and her bass player was, was leaving. Bar, I think. Was it? I don't know. Yeah. Five years ago, maybe, something? Yeah. Uh, I was at a show she was playing, and her bass player was leaving. That was the last show, so I figured I would, uh, would try and hop in Creep on bass on in. for a while. Okay, yeah. So I did that for a bit, and then... I left to go record a record and came back and then ended up playing guitar and then then we transferred the the band into this new band, Starlight Band or whatever. Yeah. Now we're doing this. Zach's been there. <laughs> well, tell us about the formation of the band with the other members. I have a really great band behind me. Mm -hmm. um, I've got this guy named Sam. Is it Sam Bole? Bole. <laughs> See, okay, I never know how to pronounce this last name, and I've asked him, and then we I always, always debate forget. between Bole or Bole. It's Bole. I'm sorry, I'm Sam, if you're out there listening, <laughs> but um, he's literally like the best bass player I've like ever played with, and he's it's one of the last living real bass players. He is the last mm. living real bass player. He used to play in Agent Orange, and I oh. actually saw him saw Agent Orange play when I was like, you know leather-studded teenager yeah. um but now he's dick dale's main like touring musician and he is just like insane he shreds um i've got robin Ryder who grew up playing in church and is like the best drummer ever probably right in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> he hits really hard uh but he has a lot of control and like soul and like funk when he plays um and he's been playing in like bands for forever his last band like lemieux was on tvt and did a lot of crazy stuff and um got zachary james on guitar mm -hmm. who <laughs> is also the best player ever oh, thank you um but yeah <laughs> and then i've got um two sisters nina williams and diane williams they've been singing together since they're like in tiny church robes and uh they sing backups. They sing in like a Skinnerd cover band, and they just have. They sound like Al Green's like backup singers, or like you know Ray Charles's like backup singers. So that's the current sisters with an E R S, not A S. Sisters, they're sisters, <laughs> and they're sisters. <laughs> yeah. So, what was one of the best uh, moments that you've had while you've been in this in this band? Oh man, for this band, I mean. I think the thing that kicked it all off was actually, you know, the music itself, uh, like writing it and then recording it. Um, I had the opportunity, my old manager um, for the last band I was in was also the studio manager over at Henson Studios on La Brea in Los Angeles. And she got us all hooked up with all of the like engineers over at that studio I got to track a large part of the EP over there. And I mean, I literally got to sing my vocals in the room that they recorded and filmed We Are the World. 
it. Oh, wow. So it was like, oh, yeah, be careful. That's Quincy Jones's podium. He, he never took it back from his last session. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. no pressure. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we would have brought you more whiskey, but like Diamond Dave is across the hall and he's doing splits somewhere and it's crazy. So I got to, you know, record in this amazing room with all of this history and, um, you know, state-of-the-art equipment with just, like, the most amazing, you know, engineers. And um, I really think that was one of my favorite moments with this band so far. Because for me, I mean, I'm obsessed with the furs and the glitter and the platforms and, you know, playing shows. But, like, it all has to come out of really good songs and, um, you know, the music itself and that was just like the best environment to to work in and and create in. So I, I would say that's my highlight. That was good daily truly, was pretty good. That's true, actually. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, well, I have to give you the backstory on sure. one of the songs called TTMF, which stands for Two Time and Mother. Yeah. And I don't know if you're FCC you regulated. Can, you can say fucker. It's all right. <laughs> well, you said it, not me. You said it, not me. <laughs> but I wrote this song um, when I was first starting the Starlight Band about my ex who, you know, two-time me. It's a cheater. And since it's not FCC regulated, he was an <laughs> asshole. And, um, you know, just the worst kind of guy. And so I wrote this. I never got to say everything I wanted to say to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. I never got to say you two time and low down, no good, sea dog, son of a gun. Like, I never got to say all the good things that I wanted to say to him. So I wrote the song called TTMF. And uh, that it basically just trash talks him for about three and a half minutes, <laughs> uh, which is very cathartic. But as I was writing it, I was like, I'm going to play this on TV. And screw what anybody thinks. I will put this on TV. He will hear it and know finally how I feel about him. <laughs> so, you know, and I wrote this song about four years ago. And um, TV hadn't happened. But with my record release, I actually got invited to play on um, Fox 11 News' morning TV program, Good Day LA. Mm -hmm. And it was so meant to be because... We had prepared um, Without My Sunshine, and um, we played that and did the sound check. And Mari Vett, who hosts the show, and Steve Edwards like loved it so much. They were like, well, we love you guys. you got to do a second song. Do you have anything else? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. So we quickly rearranged like TTMF for like a 30-second TV spot. And ended up playing both songs. And so I finally got to play this song, <laughs> which was my ultimate screw you, revenge, you suck, like song on TV, which was like what I had always dreamt of like doing with this song. <laughs> so it was just like the perfect conclusion to, you know, that. Did that, did that bring closure to you for that It actually really did. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard he's sorry or, you know, I don't care. But performing that song on TV, which was a, always a, a dream of mine, like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then doing it and having millions of people see that. And for me to put that out there was like, that was also a highlight, I would say. <laughs> Listen, honey, when I'm talking and don't you look away. Yeah. Don't you run. 
Since it's an audio program, I can't really give a picture to the audience on what yeah. your stage look is. Now, I look crazy. You're not just a <laughs> you're not just a band that dresses in jeans and t-shirts and goes up there and plays. You are a performance no. band, and you are the fashion element of it is really important to you. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, um, for me, you know, I grew up doing like theater and stuff too, and it was like the costume room was this magical mothball filled place of like <laughs> dusty sequined ball gowns from the 80s and i i loved it uh-huh. um like a huge part of performing for me is like we've been watching rupaul's drag race mm-hmm. a lot lately and <laughs> it's much. kind of how i feel is like <laughs> i'm almost transforming from this one thing into a whole nother thing and so, you know, the costume and the makeup and the clothes and everything that goes along with it, I mean, is like a huge part of the transformation. And I also think it's like, for me, respecting the people who come to my shows uh, to make an effort to dress crazy and give them something interesting to look at. You know, like we're not like garbage collectors, so we're not wearing, you know, jeans with dirt and poop all over them we're like you know have our platforms on and i've got my hair rolled and i'm like 
gonna bring it and i kind of just want to always do everything over the top you know so <laughs> here's a question i like to ask everybody on music life radio and i'd like to ask both of you this question what does music mean to you to me music is everything it's kind of my reason for living like i i love it and i'm like a slave to it like i don't feel like i have a choice but to make music i mean it's just what what drives me to get up in the morning i think the incredible thing about it is that you know certain songs like when i was growing up that i've heard you know whether it's queen or bowie or whoever um they hook your they hook into your life in really like magical ways and you know you think back on a a memory or a time or you know a year or something you're going through and the music that you're listening to will always kind of be part of the soundtrack of your life of that time period and i think that's just like a really magical experience that nothing else really provides and like that's something that is like my dream for my music is for it to kind of go out there and for people to experience it and put their own you know life stories and and experiences and what they were going through and their own meaning you know into the music so I think it's just, you know, like life. I mean, what do we have if we don't have music? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Zach? Well, as Alexander said, music is everything. I mean, I don't, I don't even, there's no distinction between my mind and my life, my reality and music anymore. It's just yeah, like, it's which true. become one thing. I think in music, <laughs> yeah. like whether it's like, God, it's I don't know, an idea for a video or an image or a song. It's like, there, there's no difference anymore. It's just become, my brain is melted into music notes and ideas and, yeah that's just what i do and that's what i've done for 10 years and i've been obsessed yeah. with it since then and i continue to be more obsessed and dive farther into the madness it's true <laughs> and i can't see you anymore i don't know it's just music everywhere i love it that's all i just that's all i can do and think about yeah that's all we talk else. about it's all we do it's yeah. just there's absolutely nothing else that i want to no. do or could do or think about or anything which is why we're Maybe good for we'll each close, other close the music <laughs> close that's true but that kind of goes hand in hand. You know? They do. It's I part think. of the brand. Yeah. Now, you guys are in a relationship, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and a how, good one. And yes, and that's <laughs> great. And how does that work with uh, the like, songwriting process? And describe what it's like to be in a band and in a relationship. It's good. It gives you fuel. It's great. It does. And, well, I finally met someone who's as equally obsessed with, you know, music as i am so i mean our days are gross we just wake up and we talk about music and dreams well, we get on the laptop and just start working on the music and start all working day long. and you know in the evenings we get drunk and um you know write songs and it's kind of grown into a really cool collaboration yeah um i co-wrote some of the songs off his last album yeah um that we're releasing december 3rd called space case little mm -hmm. plug for that <laughs> and um he's actually co-writing all of the music on my upcoming album yeah it's gonna be good and it's gonna also co-produce that album um mm -hmm. and we've just it, it's really cool actually yeah it's great it's awesome because we both know that 
uh, our main love is music and not to take that Well, it's personally. good to have someone that's so close, that's so driven as well to continue to drive you. You know, it's like we're right. always just neck and neck and it's like it just grows and grows and grows and it's just, it's really cool. It's a healthy competition. Yeah. Exactly. It is, yeah. yeah. He's like, you know, we're like Keith and Mick or whatever. It's like having <laughs> a band you really respect and that you're like, you know, are in somewhat competition with, you know, uh, in front of you every day, all day long and you're yeah. seeing their every move and it's like you see your own move and then it's like, it's crazy. Oh, thanks, honey. I didn't know you felt mm. in competition with me. <laughs> <laughs> now, do, have you guys ever played a gig where your band plays? We yeah. have. Yeah. We have, but it's too... The 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 visuals are so different nowadays. Uh, in my band, we wear, so like, different. full glitter face paint. Oh, okay. I don't know if anyone listening is familiar with Roy Wood or Wizard. If you're or not, Alice look it Cooper. up. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like a, a glittery Alice Cooper, basically. So if we were to do that, you know, there'd be a lot of, like, costume and makeup changes. Okay. Yeah. And then it, it just, yeah. again, the characters are so different. It gets kind of confusing to see, you know, for her, in her case, you know, fronting her group and this big character. And then in mine, you know, she's playing keyboards and singing. Yeah. It's just, they're just I different mean, if, characters. If we had a backstage in an hour to change makeup and yeah. costume, you know, two hours or whatever to change it's identities, doable. it's doable. We just don't do it right now. We don't. Now, do you guys have any other musical projects that you're involved with, other than what you've just talked about, basically? And, and Zach, what is the name of your band? Is My it just band a- is called Zachary James and the All Seeing Eyes, and I play guitar in front of that band, and we have it's a new amazing. album. It's a spacey glam rock with pop arrangements to make yeah. it He's like easier to ge- swallow for nowadays people. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... um. The genetically engineered uh, <laughs> yeah, space say? love child of Ace Freely <laughs> and, and Alice Cooper. Cooper. Uh, yep, is what Pork about. Magazine, our friends up in Eugene, yeah. have, <laughs> Oregon, have uh-huh. described Zachary as. Look at those bangs. Come on, they don't make bangs like that anymore. <laughs> those are like from 1972. I can't even see from all these things. <laughs> And then getting back to the question about uh, are there any other musical projects you guys have oh, collaborated right. on recently? I've had really? a few recently. What? Oh, yeah, you should talk about that, actually. I was playing for a group, a little girl, her name's Porcelain Black. It was one of uh, Red Ones, who's Lady Gaga's producer, his mm-hmm. new artist. And uh, I was playing with her for about, I don't know, almost two years. And we did a couple tours with Lil Wayne and Nicki Minaj and Rick Ross. And we did some TV and appearances. And Farris Movement and Lloyd and Carrie Hilson. And Travis Barker. And, Travis and Barker. I don't even know. It's just <laughs> It was like a crazy yeah. hip-hop party. I don't even know. Um, I was doing that. We did some TV appearances and that. Um, oh yeah, we actually got to do Letterman. Yeah, we together. did Letterman together for that. Um, I was brought on. I auditioned to be like one of her backup singers, and so we got to go to New York for that. Yeah, that was fun. Wow, that sounds um, fun. Tell the strip club story, honey. Oh god. <laughs> All right. Come on, you can't talk about Lil Wayne without talking about the strip club. Okay, well. Preface, though, before he went on tour, I got this, like, 80-page tour book, which is um, for all of the cast members, like, in the show. And it says, like, who's doing pyrotechnics? Who's Lil Wayne's manager? Who's doing this for Lil Wayne? And then in every city, it goes, like, where to find the nearest doctor, where to find the nearest uh, laundromat, where... Hmm, blah, that's blah, awesome, yeah. And then it, but then, the like, third, third or fourth row is where, is to, where find to find a strip club. Strip club. <laughs> Every city, they're like, essentials. okay, <laughs> the daily essentials, like... Food, medicine, strip clubs. Clean clothes, you smell good, get some food, <laughs> get your doctor visit, go to the strip club. <laughs> well, but we ended King up at Diamonds, one in Miami, it? yeah, it's yeah. called King of Diamonds. It's Rick Ross's favorite strip club. And I guess, like, the week before, he was flown in, and they had to, like, fly the bank manager in or something, like, some craziness to unlock the bank so they could get enough money out for him. But so we went down there, and it was, like, 
It was Little Wayne, and it was Drake and his dad, and it was a bunch of people. But behind, like, fences. Well, yeah, and they had some, like, metal barricades. It was, like, this <laughs> giant, I don't even know how to explain how big it was. It was, like, so a, bizarre. It was like the bottom floor of a shopping mall, but it was just, <laughs> it was huge. It was insane. I've never, I'm not a huge fan of strip clubs, I'll admit that, and I've been to it, but I've been to a few. But this was huge, and it was what? insane. And it was, um, so we had our little area blocked off, and and, um, and then Little Wayne was there, and it was, like, a, it was straight up a hip-hop uh, video. They had girls with silver platters carrying like pyramids of dollar bills. They were well, all wrapped. Plastic wrap. well, yeah, they were wrapped individually in a giant stack in plastic wrap. And then they were stacked in a big pyramid. But didn't and was, they like, have to open the bank? Well, that was for Rick Ross the week before. Oh, I'm sorry. We that was different strip club stories. Well, we went and there was like 10, pe- 10 chicks with silver platters and stacks of money. And then he, he's got five girls dancing on a pole in front of him. And it's just, it's literally making it rain. Like that shit music video yeah. is real. Yeah. I thought that was a joke or like exaggerated some. There's not, there's no it's exaggeration. Not he's got a giant cigar. Everyone's smoking weed. Like they don't, they don't care. They do whatever they want. And there's money everywhere. And it was like on the floor. Like three feet deep it was, on the floor. Like yeah, like snow. covering my feet. So I, I was grabbing. They didn't make it rain. They made it snow. Yeah, they made it. It was, it was that. Like, I was going to say, did you, Sandy. did you just start <laughs> collecting some greens off the floor? Yeah, well, see, I started grabbing handfuls my guitar tech would sit next to me so i started nailing him in the face with wads of dollar bills <laughs> it was good and that was all like five in the morning i left at that point because i was really tired yeah and they went on until i don't even know to the next day i don't even know what happened after that but that was a uh, that was one of the crazy stories i guess they didn't get the memo about the economy and everything <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know people say there's no music in the industry or no money in the music industry no. oh, there, was the money. there was four feet they just seem to go, money in the industry. Yeah. You go to King of Diamonds to see all the the money. From that the was a really industry. crazy experience. Though, <laughs> it's actually. on the floor. That was being stepped that on. That was wild times. Yeah. So that, that was that was my most recent uh, collaboration that other was the than other our, project. our own yeah. projects. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That was that was it. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Anything for you, Alexandra, or is this pretty much your main? This is my baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, um, you know, I got to do <laughs> the David Letterman show. Um, as a singer for that project, um, and, and we worked on my last album together. And I worked on on his upcoming album that's due out December third, the Space Case album. I say, actually sang backups on all of the tracks and uh, co-wrote a number of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty consumed with. Yeah, keeps us pretty busy. Here's Alexander in the Starlight Band with "Didn't Your Mama Tell You." Just a little thing You know your mama's need Did you tell you How sweet and wonderful A woman's love can be Respect. 
What goals do you have for this band? What's the next level for you? I would say you're on Ascension, right? So, always oh, got to move on up. Where like are we Curtis Mayfield it? says. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I think my goal all along, besides world domination, <laughs> is to just make classic music. That you know, kind of when you were asking me what is music to you earlier. Um, kind of music that is real and can mean something to people and hook itself into people's lives and take on its own life and just be something something meaningful to someone else and you know when people are looking back I would love it if if they were like wow I I grew up idolizing like all the tough badass leather clad babes like you know Susie Quattro and Joan mm-hmm. Jett and later like Tina and just you know Janis Joplin and I would love they inspired me to start playing music you know oh chicks can be badass in rock and roll too and that's why I started playing music and you know I see like little girls now mm-hmm. um <laughs> getting into like rock and roll and getting into like being themselves and wearing leather jackets and that yeah. is so awesome to me if I can give that to you know someone else there's actually this girl our friend's little sister yeah. he called me rolling on the floor laughing because she had friends over and she went back into her room and then she put makeup on and put like sequins on and like leather jacket and came out and was like hey everybody my name's Alexandra Starlight, who here is ready to rock and roll, and started like launching into a cover of Proud Mary by, yeah. you know, well, Creedence Clearwater yeah. Revival, but Tina Turner, and was like mimicking me, and my, you know, friend, and all of his friends were just rolling on the floor with laughter, like this little girl, like totally kind of making fun of me, but in a really great like no, she was just she like was embracing it. She was yeah, embracing my shit. They're probably not making fun of you. They're just they're mimicking yeah. what they see. And right. They're, you know. Right. They're mimicking it. And she's like, I'm a strong woman and who is ready for rock and roll and like doing my whole stage thing. <laughs> That's great though. <laughs> and that was honestly I mean, it's like, you know, Letterman and Good Day LA and playing with Dick Dale and semi-precious weapons and blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's all great. But honestly, when an eight-year-old girl comes out as you 
and feel somewhat, you know, sassy or empowered or mm-hmm. encouraged to just be a little bit crazy. Like that is so, it was just so like moving and touching and like what it's all about for me. <laughs> so like, um, as far as my goals, I think it's just to do that, you know, like give people that, that, ex- you know, that, that confidence to be who they are. And, um, that experience with the music, um, you know, that and Ryan Stone, <laughs> the world. <laughs> Instead of pave the earth, cover it with glitter. <laughs> cover the world with glitter. <laughs> so, what is next for the band? What do you have on the horizons? Are you guys working on any recordings? Well, yeah, we're we're writing um, my new record, full, um, length. full length. It's going to be really good, I think. Yeah, going to work over at Hanson Studios, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it's the curse of being an artist, though, is you always hate the last thing you did, and it's always about the next thing. You're like, never, I'm never really satisfied. Mm-hmm. But I am excited about that. Well, we're planning on, um, you know, going back into the studio around the new year and doing the full length. And then we're really focusing on doing um, a bunch of showcases down at South by Southwest again. Mm-hmm. That was really fun for us last year and definitely something we want to do again. Yeah, South by is great. Definitely going back. And, um, sequins glitter <laughs> rock and roll and world domination and where can people <laughs> find out more about the band yeah, just rattle off your websites and yeah and other contact info so alexanderband.com is my website you can join my mailing list and get a free track when you visit there right off mm-hmm. the bat throw it out for free boom um <laughs> <laughs> i'm also on twitter which is the same alexander band facebook is uh facebook.com backslash alexander starlight and my instagram handle which i've become more obsessed with lately is also at alexander starlight so you there's multiple ways i'm always you know on the internet so great and zach what about you um how do we get official website is zachary james band.com facebook facebook.com backslash zachary james band Twitter is twitter.com backslash Zach James Band. YouTube.com backslash oh, Zachary YouTube. James Band. Just search Zachary James Band. You'll find it. It's everywhere. Yeah. And we have Alexandra lots of on- embarrassing photos of us on Google image search. So yeah. <laughs> please type that into your browser and you'll and find funny it. funny videos. We just did a really amazing <laughs> video the other night. Yeah, that debuted this morning. The day oh, really? for Halloween, we got really drunk at home. It's insane. And um, painted our faces, and I wore a wig, and we lip synced to, to the Graveyard Shift, which is an amazing track that like you can't find anywhere on the internet. So now, not only is it on the internet, there's an amazing video you can watch. That's a great it. way to bring back you know old stuff. Totally. Yeah. And there's also fake blood involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and a full bottle of champagne involved. So. We can put we can put some videos on the website. Too. <laughs> that one's really funny. If you want to laugh at us, that's the best oh one because we look retarded and ridiculous. So well, we'll we'll filter through and get some good <laughs> ones that are more yeah, a very thick filter. So, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we take a break? Yeah, well, December third, there is a planetary alignment with the pyramids of Giza. It only happens ah, every two thousand. 737 years. You don't want to miss this one then, yeah, do you? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> in the morning of the planetary alignment, 
It's the the ancient Egyptian pyramids of Giza with the planets of Mercury, Mercury Saturn, and, Saturn Venus. and Venus. They're all aligned for this one morning. It's going to be so, like an epic, mystical, stoner sesh It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and that morning, uh, my new record entitled Space Case will be released. We did um, similar to Alexandra's last record, which I don't know if she touched on. Uh, oh, yeah. We're doing a 12-inch five-color galaxy swirl record with silver glitter sprinkled across. It's like the Milky Way galaxy. Nice. My yeah. last record was clear vinyl, and each record had different colors of rainbow glitter. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight colors of glitter sprinkled inside each record, so we're kind of... Well, each record's handmade as well, because the record yeah. plant, Erica Records that we're using, they're all hand... Um, handmade. Handmade completely. presses still. They did that to ensure work for their employees so yeah so that's coming out december 3rd um wow that's really cool yeah, yeah excited about yeah. that It'll be good. we just wrapped up the kickstarter it was uh, over 100 percent funded and yeah yeah oh that's great yeah it's gonna yeah. be good all right all right at this point we took a break we set up for live acoustic music alexandra and the starlight band at music live radio studios when you all stand by you mm-hmm. put that down And when the night is cold And you ain't got nowhere to go Just call me, baby, and I'll be there soon Oh, I know the road is lonely But if you need a friend, you can lean on Just call me, baby, and I'll
that song that I was telling you about about my ex-boyfriend <laughs> Listen honey when I'm talking and don't you look away don't you roll them big green eyes when I got something to say to you Don't you know you're just a low down, no good seed Like a son of a gun You little sport by mama's boy Why don't you go Turn it around Before I make you get up for good I got to let something down Don't you know you're just a job Talking two-time in small town boy With a head full of eggs I said you know you're never gonna amount to nothing Honey, why? Why? Don't you go Hey, yeah. Oh, but you can't break my heart Cause don't you know I already broke it Right in two And you can't write my song Cause baby, don't you know I already wrote it Where you're walking, honey I'm in the middle of talking to you 
five minutes of your time But I'm gonna give you a piece of mine Well, thanks, guys, for being a part of Music Life Radio. I really appreciate you guys coming down. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you, Dan. Thanks All right. for having us. Thank you. All right, we've got one last song for you off the Alexander and Starlight Band EP, Shine Like a Star.
right, we got some show dates for you for Alexandra and the Starlight Band. Uh, upcoming show Sunday, December 9th at 7 p.m. at the it's a holiday benefit at the Satellite in Silver Lake, California for the Covenant House. And then in my neck of the woods, January 19th, the Saturday, 8 p.m. at the Stork Club. It's both Alexandra Starlight and Zachary James. That's Zachary James, All Seen Eye Band, and Alexandra and the Starlight Band. Along with a couple other bands, that's going to be a good one. I'll be there. Uh, check it out. $5 cover. Thanks again to Alexandra and Zachary James for swinging by and sharing their time. I'm your host, Dan Sauter, and we'll catch you next time.